can't relate to cancel culture, hookup culture, or victim culture? (laughs) Well, neither could we. We created this platform for those other girls. Girls like us who want to give a different perspective from a Christian and conservative worldview. We talk about life, work, relationships, and everything in between. Let's be those other girls that don't just talk about culture, but change culture and bring back traditional values. everyone i am on here to talk to you guys about one of our affiliates culture of life 1972 culture of life 1972 started in 2019 with a vision to design a fashion brand that celebrated all life they care about the impact that style has on future generations one by one they are leading a fashion movement that protects and values life it's simple fashion should be good for you you can head over to their website col 1972.com and use our code those other girls 1972 to get 10% off of all of your purchases. They have cute clothes, jewelry and accessories available for everyone. All right, you guys, thanks so much. Hey everyone. Um this is Those Are the Girls with Mallory and Friends. I'm Mallory and we are changing culture and bringing back traditional values. So I am super excited for today's episode. Um, For this month, the month of January, our topic is human trafficking awareness. So I'm going to be talking to a variety of different women who are in that field and who are bringing awareness in any capacity. And it's just, that's going to be the topic. And also too, just a reminder of our donation. We are selling our t-shirts with the designs you guys picked out um, and 100% of the proceeds are going to go to True Justice International. So just a reminder on that. So without further ado, let's get to it. Um, so today's guest is Landon Newsom, also known as Matriarch. Um, and she is a singer, songwriter. And honestly, I found out about her. She was on Abby Johnson's podcast, which is super cool that she even responded to me. Like, that's how awesome she is. And um, she's just going to tell us a little bit about herself, and then we're going to get into some really good topics. So first, Landon, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into music and things like that? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I think it's awesome that you're doing this because this is what needs to be done to shift culture. Um, So I am a singer-songwriter. I'm a mom of three. Um, I ultimately decided to leave Hollywood when I learned about um, how much sexual exploitation, how much pedophilia, um, and just overall uh, darkness is within that culture. Um, I realized I had to make a choice, and my choice was to leave. Um, And so I I literally left um, Hollywood and California, um, but also in search of an environment that could nurture um, my, you know, conservative values and family um, that aligned with those things so that I could truly grow and blossom <clears throat> and bloom. So that's what I did. I left. Um, and now my husband, Robbie Starbuck, and I, we have a podcast called Grow Up, which is on YouTube um, and now going to be in Rumble. Um, and I also, uh, so I write music and I talk about that. And I also do a lot of um, education, awareness, uh, fundraising, and advocacy for human trafficking victims. Awesome. So you guys, she has a lot of knowledge and she knows a lot. She knows what she's talking about. So that's like the first thing I want to say. Um, so first I want to get into, you talked a little bit about um, the pedophilia and sexual exploitation in Hollywood. Is there something you can tell us like a story or something that happened that really like sparked you and you said, okay, I can't be a part of this anymore. 
Yeah. You know, so it's interesting. Hindsight's always 2020, but Mm -hmm. when I was in the industry, um, I'd always, I'd grown up in it. I'd grown up, um, as a child actor and model, my, my own mom was a model. Um, so I really didn't have a choice in it. It was something that I was just brought up into. And so a lot of the things that I was exposed to or saw seemed normal at the time. And it wasn't until I started maturing. It wasn't until I started um, being around and, and having my own healthier relationships that I was exposed to this other side of the world that was, you know, reflecting back, this is not normal. This is not healthy. Um, and it kind of shapes my values now about really how I feel about children being involved in entertainment as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was uh, I, able to see a lot of things um, that at the time I didn't know was not normal. And those are, you know, I would never reveal these people's names and identities um, out of respect for their privacy. Um, and that's not my story to tell, but there are well-known big names that everybody knows. Um, some of them that came out of my hometown of Dallas, Texas, uh, that were exploited, that were trafficked, that were used sexually um, by people in positions of power that manipulated them. And um, fortunately, I was not one of those. Um, I stayed far away from that, but it was something that I was exposed to or were aware of. And while I did have my own situations um, where I did feel that I was being exploited, I was not raped or trafficked. Um, so that's important for me to, to know because some people think that, um, that I was a victim of that and, and I was not. Um, so seeing that and also seeing how the trajectory of people's careers that made certain choices like that. And some I'd say didn't make those conscious choices because they were manipulated and coerced from childlike mind state. Um, but anyway, that, that, that those decisions and choices that were made in their career, either for them or by them aligned with um, very successful uh, things happening. And so I really didn't understand um, when I would hold my ground and when I would choose to have integrity and say, you know, no, I'm not going to wear that, you know, wear the pants, you know, like, why do I have to take my pants off for this video? This doesn't make sense. So things like that would happen. And then the next day I would get a call from my manager saying, I'm sorry, they don't want to work with you anymore. And I'd say, why? I'd say, well, they think you're difficult to work with. Mm-hmm. So then you would get a reputation then for being somebody that was not going to do as they said, <clears throat> sorry. And from the outset, you know, people don't understand what that means, but it mean, when you're difficult to work with, it means you're not willing to do whatever they want you to do. And they'll say, you don't want it bad enough, or you're not hardworking enough, or, um, you know, you're just not willing to do what it takes to be successful. And really what that means is you're not willing to compromise your integrity. And I want to get this message out so desperately to young women because they get into this industry or they move to Hollywood with these big dreams and they don't understand how it works. And I'm not saying that every single person who's successful in Hollywood has been um, victimized or exploited or exploited themselves, but I'm saying I haven't met very many. And I want them to know that and be armed with that knowledge because what happened to me was I, I thought that something was wrong with me. And I thought I wasn't, I wasn't talented enough or I wasn't a good enough singer, a multi-instrumentalist or a good enough producer. And it, I, I started reflecting that that societal viewpoint of not being enough. And really that was not what it was about. And um, so that, that is my story and kind of how I started figuring things out is watching uh, people like, you know, have sex with the director or somebody's boyfriend or, or a lot of sexual 
quid pro quo going on and a willingness to do whatever it took behind those closed doors. And I saw parents allow it. Mm. Um, and, you know, and that, yes. that's a whole, you know, other world, but that's yeah. basically what opened my eyes is seeing that everything I thought was not real. Yeah. Wow. Um, so there's a few things that you were talking about. I was taking some notes, a few things, um, that you said. So you were saying things that you thought were normal. So I guess, um, I don't know if this is a question or a statement that I have, but is there a way to get people to, especially because when you're younger, you don't really know better. Is there a way to get, um, especially young women to understand what is normal and what is not normal? Because if you're seeing it everywhere, then of course you're not going to think anything's wrong. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that you know, having a sense of identity is mm. really the priority for all young women before, yeah. before you get an Instagram, before you get on the internet, before you come out into the world saying, this is who I am or how I identify. Right. Right. You know, this is really important because that is our foundation. And if we don't have a foundation, um, the second somebody, you know, comes into your awareness and space, you're highly manipulatable. Because yeah. somebody who doesn't stand for anything will fall for anything, right? So that's yep. kind of what happens. Um, and you look at how it relates to human trafficking which, or sexual exploitation, which is just exploit, exploiting a vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that times, um, you know, a vulnerability is just a lack of confidence, a lack of uh, self-possession, um, a lack of identity. And traffickers, exploiters, predators record label executives, whoever it is, it's going to look at a, a person to exploit them is going to look at somebody who has those vulnerabilities. And contrary, contrary to that, they're going to look at somebody who is self-possessed, who does know who they are, that knows they're, you know, loved by God and has a strong family. They're going to say, Ooh, that's too much work. So that's kind of how it works. Yeah. Do you think that hollow? So like some of the stuff you said, like having sex for roles um, with directors and things like mm-hmm. that. Also too, um, if someone's listening with your kids, this probably is not the best episode. I meant to say that earlier. Um, I'll I'll put that somewhere so people know. Um, but back to the question. So if um, like we see that on Law and Order, we see that in movies, we see that on TV, but I guess in my little bubble, I, I, in my head, I'm like, oh, well, people probably don't really do that, or if people do, it's like 3%, so do you mm-hmm. think Hollywood is redeemable? Do you think that we should create our own Hollywood? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I think that um, we have a very polarized uh, selection right now, and mm-hmm. we have, you know, things like Pure Flicks, which I think is serving its own audience, you know, not to knock on that, but it's not um, really inclusive of everybody that just, you know, wants to enjoy a diverse uh, selection of media, but right. that just doesn't have, like, all of these, uh, you know, I don't cheesy. even know what to call it. Yeah, well, exactly. So, <laughs> That's it, what it is. Bas- yeah, it, basically, you know, so it's, it's not, it's not good entertainment. It doesn't have yeah. that artistic edge and quality that we not only are accustomed to, but is really, um, that we can appreciate. Right. So, um, you know, we don't have a transformers movie on the, on the right. right? Yeah. Yeah. So things like that, you know, we have to, to build and it's, it's hard because you have to be patient. You have to put in the work. We have to start supporting people trying to do that in order for it to be a reality. Yeah. I've, so growing up, my parents love that stuff. If I said, um, 
fireproof my mom uh, fireproof and facing the giants my mom thinks that's the epitome of cinema she thinks those are the greatest movies that's ever been created and you know there is they have a target market and they're not bad movies they're they're decent they're probably the best of that category but I've always thought like as Christians we can do so much better there's so many talented Christians Mm -hmm. and I don't really understand why we have all of these like really cheesy terribly written kind of poor acted out movies um mm-hmm. and I always said when I was younger I was like if I ever get money I'm going to invest in someone to make decent Christian movies because Transformers that like you said for Transformers it's not even that big of a story like it doesn't have to have the inappropriate scenes that it has it just needs someone to write it to come together and put it together and then instead of those inappropriate scenes add something more action or add something funny and that's Mm -hmm. all we need we don't need necessarily need people who are like throwing a bible verse in every five seconds but we just Mm -hmm. don't need the raunchiness that's right extra and yeah I just absolutely I really, if anyone listening, if you are interested in that, if you want to be like, please reach out to me. I don't have any money right now, but like, I want to support you because that is just, that's a very good point. Like that's one of my biggest problems with this stuff. If we're going to um, change the culture, if we're going to make things better, we can't like produce terrible movies. And not all those movies are terrible. Some of them are really, really good. It's just Mm -hmm. a, a majority of them are just really cheesy and right well we we have to you know appeal to a wider audience because there's some people who are not christian they're good people they just don't want the perverted nonsense from hollywood and the constant political indoctrination and you know all of that stuff they just want it removed um so that's you know that's basically what we need to create to to have a wider net um to connect with people and to have a shared culture yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to ask this question last, but I think I'll just keep this up here. So do you have any advice for people, for young girls that are listening, maybe not even young, but like 20, 21 that mm-hmm. are interested in going to Hollywood and like they are very talented actresses and they want to be a part of this, but they just don't want to get caught up and they're concerned or they're already there and they feel like they're getting caught up. Do you have any advice for them? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's, it's a two-part thing. You know, if it's a younger, you know, child that happens, you know, where the parent is going to be involved in that conversation um, to protect them. If it's a younger child um, that, that loves, you know, acting or being in front of a camera or any of those things, um, you know, I would say, I think that's great. Um, Art being artistic or being creative and wanting to express yourself, um, channeling it into, you know, really refining that art form. So what if it's dance or if it's um, music, singing, instrumentation, um, you know, uh, acting class or theater, those things are really a way of um, nurturing that gift in a child and that, that um, passion. But I think the, where we go wrong <clears throat> is, is nurturing this idea. Like, for instance, if we surround our kids with YouTube videos or, mm-hmm. or Disney, right, the kid gets a, a, an idea that, the validation is more important than the art form. You know, they're not, they're not doing it for the purpose of, um, you know, I love dancing. They're doing it for the purpose of, I like the feeling I get when people pay attention to me dancing. Um, and I want more people to pay attention to me. So it's, you know, it's a lot of, um, kids that are really what they're craving is that validation from their parents or that attention from other people, that external validation. And that can be a really tricky thing because you're setting up your kid um, to constantly need that external validation to feel good about themselves. And they might not actually even like dancing and missing out on other gifts they might have. Um, but if the case is they really like dancing is finding a studio that 
isn't going to be raunchy and having them sexualized, but get to enjoy dancing and honing their craft. And if they want to make a video to share with friends and family or invite them to their recital, that's okay. And I think that's a healthy amount of, you know, validation um, to, to applaud their efforts and, and, and their growth. But it, it's a tricky thing because I think a lot, um, I've seen way too many parents um, and as a result of what my husband does directing, being a former Hollywood director, is so many parents get in it for the wrong reasons. They get their kids in it for the wrong reasons. Mm, and okay. so when somebody, and there's there's tells here, when it, when a kid says, I want to go to Hollywood, or I want to be a YouTube star, or I want to be a famous singer, you know, those little keywords are good indicators to me as a parent and somebody who's worked with these Disney stars, writing for them, you know, producing, vocal coaching, all of that stuff I've been involved with. I can tell right away that that's not a good sign that, that the kid is not doing it for just the love of that, but needing that external validation, or maybe their parents are influencing that a bit and, and trying to live vicariously through their children. Mm. So yeah, that's that the goal really tells you that, like, what do they want? What feeling are they trying to get? Is it joy of the dancing, singing, performing, or is it the validation? Okay. Wow. That's good. And I really like what you said, the difference between like the validation or like the joy Mm -hmm. of the actual art form. That was great advice. Great advice. Okay. Um, so we can transition, um, a little bit into, I guess it's kind of the same realm, but what made you get passionate and you kind of touched on it about sex work and human trafficking. Like what, um, was it that just was like, okay, I need to do something. Well, I think, having my own children really changed my heart towards really understanding how beautiful uh, innocence is and having to, and how much effort it takes to protect that. Mm. Um, So as a parent, I mean, that really changed me and opened my eyes to so much, but also integrating my experiences in Hollywood um, and working in industry as long as I have um, understanding that those two things really uh, are very interconnected. Um, because ultimately it's up to us, um, to protect children. Um, and so when I realized though, the extent of it, I mean, I thought that it was just kids in Hollywood being exploited. I didn't realize that there was this overall large demand of child exploitation of CSAM videos. And for those who might not be aware of what that means, it's child sexual um, exploitation material. Um, so, uh, you know, people will say child porn, and that's really a gross term because then we're tra- we're we're referring to kids as like a, um, you know, a a, a uh, what's it called, like a, a category, right? Okay. Oh, and, and yeah, 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 yeah. Them. And, and yeah. So that, that that wording is really important. Um, so if you you know learn something today, uh, child sexual uh, abuse material. So it's really crime scene videos that we're talking about. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So it's, sorry, I said exploitation before, but it's CSAM is child sexual abuse uh, material. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so after getting, you said with your children, that kind mm-hmm. of made you understand a little bit more. And I feel like we hear that a lot. Like once people start having kids, they get to see their minds are open. And can you talk a little bit about family and how important family is um, yeah. in this fight? Right. I mean, family is the first and most important defense against uh, exploitation Mm -hmm. because we talked a little bit earlier about vulnerabilities um, and trauma. So the trauma usually begins in the home. And if you look at um, the majority of uh, people who have been in prostitution, in sex work, 
um, and who have left and exited uh, trafficking, they have all had some, some tale of being um, exploited as a child. Um, and so this is a consistent theme going on. And that tells us that it really does start and begin in the home. Um, so the most vulnerable children are the ones who are coming from broken homes, are in foster care, um, who are, you know, financially disadvantaged, um, living in areas where they, you know, poor schooling, things like that. Those are the kids that are most likely to be trafficked, to be exploited. Um, and so I, and who are in the industry, I should point out. And that's where I thought it was, but I didn't realize the, the widespread nature of it. It's really any vulnerability. Okay. And then, um, so next question with sex work, um, that's kind of switching gears to a a little bit more older crowd. So we hear a lot about sex work in the news and, um, Kamala Harris mentioned that she was going to make it prostitution legal across the 50 United States. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we can get into that later. Um, but can we talk a little bit about sex work and why we should not be supporting it? Um, and then, also, could you talk about sex work and what we as Christians can possibly do to help people who um, are in it and things like that? Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, um, prostitution as a term, you know, I, I feel like, um, you know, as believers, as, as people who want to be loving and accepting and help um, heal, um, we have to look at prostitution, prostitutes, sex workers, um, trafficking victims as the victims that they are, regardless of how they identify. And one of the things that people don't understand is as a coping mechanism um, to reclaim what was taken from them, I, people get referred to themselves as sex workers as a term of empowerment. Um, and it's a way, and I understand it, and it can empathize of reclaiming your own sexuality that was taken from you. Um, so all, the, all that they've understood is exploitation. And many of them, this started very, very young. Um, so if we can have empathy and understand that this trauma started way before their brain was even developed, they didn't have that, that family unit that was supporting them and loving them. So their sense of self-worth is so distorted. And then you, you add that trauma, you add that, that normalcy and what those brain patterns that are making that their identity. Um, and so when somebody says I'm a sex worker, that is um, a term that they self-identify as. It doesn't change the nature of what's happening to them, which is exploitation. So whether you identify as ex- being okay with exploiting yourself or not, it doesn't change the nature of what's happening to you. And over 70% of people, sex workers, um, have been raped or abused by the buyer. Mm. And the buyer isn't buying women to empower them. Right. None of them are. They're not, imp- and they're not buying them to have beautiful, loving, consensual um, sex. They're not buying. That's not what the demand is. So there's this objective reality, regardless of what people on the left in these pro sex work movements mm-hmm. think, or Kamala Harris, or any of these people think, including the sex workers. It doesn't change the nature of what the buyer is consuming. There's objective reality here. And they're, they're, this is an exploitation industry. They're, they're buying women to um, act out these horrific fantasies. Um, and that is, it's, it's the nature of what it is, is exploitive and disgusting. And women are not for sale. Um, children are not for sale. And um, we're not receptacles uh, for, for men. And that is basically, we have to 
Like we have to, you know, speak truth about that, yeah. about that objective reality and not be afraid to offend anyone, including um, somebody who's a victim. Now, how do we broach that conversation, right? Yeah, how do we yeah. talk to somebody who might identify like that? Um, and, and it's going to be the same way with, with love, with empathy, with understanding and a lifeline and letting them know that we care about them um, and that they deserve wonderful things, love, you know, jobs, whatever they want, you know, whatever you feel on your heart is, is needed at that moment. And um, there's lots of wonderful things you can do. You can make care packages, you can support organizations that go and do that outreach that have been trained. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't recommend without really having an understanding of how to um, do this work effectively, you, you know, we could be hindering it if we really don't know, um, and we don't have that training of, of how to talk to people that are trapped in this. Um, so we want to give them those lifelines and support and we can learn how to do it. We can get trained in it or we can support people who do this work actively and successfully to help them safely exit and slowly realize their self-worth, slowly build that trust relationship because it takes time. We think about how long they've been exploited going back to childhood. It's not going to happen the first time you meet somebody and say, Jesus loves you. I love you. Here's a care package. Let's go. It yeah. doesn't work like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, statistically, I read somewhere it takes like seven encounters. Like you have to go, the people who do that, who like that is their ministry, they have to go see someone, have seven like meaningful interactions before they'll even consider it. Right. Um, and I like what you said earlier at the beginning of the question when you were talking about um, it's an exploitation and you were saying that not most people don't really even want, um, it doesn't start off as something like, uh, not everybody starts off as a sex worker, sometimes other things, um, because when I have had conversations with people talking about how I don't support um, porn and how I don't support sex work, a lot, especially left people on the left, they always go, and even some libertarians, no offense to libertarians listening, but a lot of them go, well, they want to be here. That's what they make that decision. We can't legislate morality, um, mm -hmm. but it's so much more than that. I as a woman, I cannot imagine someone waking up one day and absolutely saying, and when they're living their best life, when every, all their needs are met saying, yes, I would like to become a sex worker. That is just not something that I just, I think it's impossible. Like I will, I would never believe someone that said that. Yeah. And that's so, that's so true. And, and, you know, again, that's somebody who has been victimized would say something like that because you look going back to slavery, you know, there were actual slaves that were so, um, so manipulated, so brainwashed mm -hmm. that yep. they wanted to stay in slavery. And this is, you know, I've studied brain science a lot because I oh. wanted to understand trauma. I wanted to understand it, you know, for my own healing and for helping others. But, you know, your brain likes what's familiar and it, it, it creates its own survival mechanism to keep you in this homeostasis where you feel safe. And sadly, you, you know, some, some victims feel safer in their, in the exploitation they know rather than yeah. the world they don't know with people they don't trust. Um, and so many of them have been moved, you know, city to city, different handlers, different um, traffickers. So some situations are better than others. And if they have learned to survive in that place that they're at, they will want to stay there. And it's not always a conscious choice. It's, it's a brain survival state choice that where your brain goes into survival mode and you're not thinking from a place of, you know, any, any place else conscious, really. It's really just you're just trying to survive. Yeah. And I think, um, like you said earlier too, and it's connected to what you just said about thinking of people as victims, as someone who is a victim of this situation. Mm -hmm. And as Christians, I think sometimes we, especially if we've been like 
a Christian for a long time and we're just so in our little Christian bubble and we see, you know, JLo on TV doing all this stuff half naked. We get in our little minds like, well, they shouldn't be doing that. Those little girls, those little girls are fast. They're wearing their short booty uh, shorts and blah, blah, blah. But I think that once, like you said, once we start thinking of people as victims and we really truly see that um, it's the brain trauma. It is all these other things. We can truly have compassion and we can support other organizations. I do like what you said. I don't think that, um, especially with all of the stuff that came out recently with Epstein Ilum and Q, I know Q is very popular and all of these things. I don't think that the majority of us, dare I say, 70% of us are equipped to help one-on-one a victim. I think, like you said, organizations that have been trained, that have been doing this for years are better equipped. So I know there's a lot of people who listen that are like, I have to do something. Well, I think the best way would be to support people or get the training yourself. I don't think, you know, going up to someone you think is a victim is the best, um, the best method either. So on that note, um, you said care packages and you said support organizations. Are there any particular ones that you absolutely love? That you want to yeah. And, and, and I wanted to touch on something too, is some okay. people think, you know, I want to do something with trafficking, um, but they don't, you know, going back to the vulnerability thing, um, the people at the most risk, we have the ability to um, interfere before a trafficker yeah, comes for them. Yeah. And so those people get overlooked. The kids in foster care, the kids that are left after school, that the parents are working two jobs, you know, those those kids are the kids that we need to be a friend to, that let them know that we can, we're there for them if they need anything. Um, we don't need to come into this with this hero egoic mindset of I'm going to rescue people. It's, it's, I'm going to be a loving person of light walking around to let them know I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'll be, I'll be a light worker for you. I will help bring you to church. I'll help bring, bring you food, whatever it is that you need. I'm here for you. Um, and just letting them know consistency, consistently that we're that loving presence in their life unconditionally, um, is really the lifeline. Um, and it, it may take a long time for somebody to feel comfortable opening up to you. It might be somebody you've known a long time that says, Hey, you know, I've been abused by my stepfather for Mm -hmm. years and years and years. Um, and so that's why it's really important to, to, um, focus inward on who we are and how we show up for people, um, rather than focusing on the acts and and how we can show up as a hero. Right. So, um, you know, foster kids, again, you know, the most of these kids that are being rescued in these raids all across the country, that we're hearing about, you know, um, where, where federal marshals go in, these kids have all been in foster care at one point or another. And so those are the kids that we can rally around. Um, and, you know, it varies from state to state what they'll allow us to do. But if you can be an advocate and you have time to be a mentor or to help offer a ride or karate lessons or whatever it is, that is anti-trafficking work. So I really want to emphasize that, you know, any kid that's in a position of vulnerability or whose parents might be struggling, intercede, be that person, because you are rescuing somebody from potentially being trafficked. And that's how we make a dent. And also, you know, participating in the culture that creates the demand, removing ourselves. So before we even get to that point where we're sitting watching Beyonce, you know, twerk or whatever, you know, JLo on live stream or whatever culture we're consuming, mm-hmm. but we shouldn't even be commenting because we shouldn't even be watching and supporting it. So rewind, you know, 
comes from within, comes with yeah. how we're participating in that culture. Because if nobody's watching, there's no funding for it anymore. There's and, and so we then take that money, our attention, our energy, and we reinvest it into things that we want to see, the world that we want reflected back to us. And that that takes a lot of work. And that's harder to do than just criticizing everything else and, and trying to rescue people, right? And that, that, yeah. that was my own journey is thinking I could fix it you know, and you can't, you can just do those things working from the inside out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, especially because, um, like I said earlier, when this first happened, I know there was a lot of people who were like, yeah, I'm going to get mine. I'm going to rush in. And it's like, there's so many other things that we can do. And I really like that you touched on the foster care system. And I want to do some episodes talking about that eventually as well, because that is something that we need to, um, work on and, God calls us to be there for the orphan. I mean, I don't know a hundred percent like foster kids. Some of them are orphans. Some of them, um, their parents are just not in their lives right now, but either way, the Bible does call us to be there for them. And, um, I'm really glad that you touched on that. Um, another thing that I wanted to, um, talk a little bit about is, um, you said consuming content. So another huge thing, um, is porn porn is really big it has um it's just gotten bigger over the years and uh growing up so we didn't have access to internet because my parents were very much like no like they were very very strict and like at the time I absolutely hated it I was mad at them now I'm like okay all right y'all did good on that one I'll give you this (laughs) um but I know that I had other friends who grew up and they didn't even mean to fall into stuff it just sometimes things will pop up so now Mm -hmm. there's people who um I'm 26 so now there's people who are my age and even a little bit younger who were exposed to things at a young age not even intentionally and now they have these addictions it is very common even amongst Christians which is um I think we just don't talk about it and I another thing I really want to talk about from the podcast one day is do a full episode about this but um is porn the a porn addiction is very it's Mm -hmm. common and it's even common amongst Christians so um I just wanted you to talk a little bit about that a little bit about what we can do um to maybe well, you mentioned just stop consuming. So are there other things we can do? And then also to, um, we're recording this in December when MasterCard and Visa no longer are um, taking Pornhub subscriptions or worded it some way like that, mm-hmm. and which is great. So are there, are we seeing, are we going to see more things like this? Do you think other companies are going to take a stand? And what are your, just tons of thoughts. You can say whatever. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so, um Fight the New Drug is a great resource and Love maybe you can have somebody come. Yeah, that's a great resource because yeah. they go into the brain science and it's not just moralizing. And I'm, I'm feeling that we're all being called to come at this from a place of where people, the language, other people speaking, the people you know, who might not be believers. So it's yeah. not going to help to throw Bible verses at people. Um, they have to understand that there actually is brain science um, behind this. And porn is a drug and it's not a drug in the sense that, you know, uh, you're putting it in your mouth, but it's something that you're consuming that has the same effects as something like cocaine on the brain, the same addictive um, propensity. So knowing that, um, 
we have to, you know, be aware of how dangerous it is and how highly addicting it is and how um, widely available it is. It, it's mm. built into the algorithms. Porn, you'll ask any uh, parenting expert or anybody who uh, is an expert in um, online safety is porn is just two clicks away from children. And in a world where Chrome and Google is in the classroom, in the home, all of the smart technology, it is going to find your child. Um, it is a struggle being a parent. It's the first generation yeah, where we've had to, <laughs> to, to pr protect your home from the inside out, not just yeah. locking the doors, but from the inside out. So I think it's really great that your parents were like, look, you know, we're just, no, no internet. We're not doing that. Um, and it's hard. It's hard to be the parent doing that because you're, it's counterculture and your yeah. kids, you know, not going to be happy about yeah, it. I was um, not happy. I was annoyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, and, you know, and I, I would encourage, we talk to our kids, we explain why they understand they even, you know, at an age appropriate level for each of them, what trafficking is, what exploitation is, what happens to the brain, why some people choose this and how they not, might not see those traps so that they really understand rather than just being like, no. You know, this yeah. is, this is why. Um, and now they're, as they get older, they start to see that they start to see by just meeting people, um, those differences. Um, so, you know, with, with porn culture, um, porn culture, isn't just pornography, right? It's, it's, um, any culture that is promoting the sexualization of not only children, but women. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that isn't just about like revealing outfits, but it's about anything that is promoting sexuality, hypersexuality. Um, and so that's basically falls under that definition. And so when we have a whole Instagram influencer culture, Kardashian culture, we call it, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's this narcissistic culture that is hypersexualized and it's sending that message that, um, this is, this is our identity. This is how you are. Uh, this is a currency. This is where you derive value, attention, uh, affirmation, all of that stuff. So if we get rid of all that junk, it makes it a heck of a lot easier for children to, uh, to learn who they are truly, um, when that's not distracting them. Um, it's like, it's like the same thing as offering our kids drugs every day. We would never do that. But right. the social media, the effects of social media on the brain causing, you know, astronomical levels of anxiety, depression, addiction, um, and the pornography, it all goes together. So the only solution really is to remove it all. Um, yeah. And I've, I've tried as a parent to be like, well, maybe this is okay. Let's leave this maybe. And all it does is stress you out as a parent because it's just so much garbage to have to micromanage. Um, so really we just kind of wiped the slate for us. That was the, the right decision and just slowly allow what media is appropriate, um, into their lives. Um, and so, and that enriches them. It's not just about like avoiding what's bad. It's about like, what could you be doing with your time? Right. In that time, like what was right. good that we were missing? What, what, what was helping us grow or was really funny that we missed out on. Right. And in, in yeah. lieu of all this garbage, um, that isn't doing anything, but making us feel, uh, you know, further away from who we are. Um, and so porn, um, and I, I forgot to mention the two organizations I work with are Exodus at joinexodus.com or dot org and as Exodus Cry. Um, those are two organizations that you can go to that are great. Exodus Cry is doing um, amazing uh, outreach. They have a great film. Um, so they are the ones who started Trafficking Hub. Um, the trafficking campaign to draw awareness to the exploitation, the trafficking and abuse of children on their platforms. Um, Pornhub, also known as Trafficking, trafficking Hub, uh, does not require age or consent verification. And 
while we're really excited that all of these efforts from, from grassroots activists all the way up through Exodus Cry and, and Lalo Mikawa at the top of that, um, leading that campaign, you know, there's so much work to be done. We're happy that the, you know, Visa, MasterCard, they pulled out and that was a great step in the right direction. But people don't realize you can still be, you know, a verified user with just an email. So mm-hmm. it is making it harder but the nature of the whole platform needs to be removed, similar to the way Backpage was removed when the yeah. Trump DOJ removed that. Um, there was so much, uh, so much child trafficking happening on that platform that stopped, and they were able to make those rescues, identify those children, um, and and take it down. And that's really what we have to decide in society: is if we're going to have websites selling children, selling women, or not. Is that going to be a value? And you know. I relate to what you said, like with the libertarians or I love, you know, anybody on the left, they, they say, you know, well, it's a slippery slope. We can't legislate morality. Our whole constitution legislates morality. Mm-hmm. We can't go kill people. We yeah. can't go rape people. So right. we have to decide as a society um, what good comes from allowing women and children um, and men and young boys to now to be sold online um, for the financial gain of, you know, pedophiles. Um, and why we'd be sitting here arguing for that, you know, it, it just, that, that's really, uh, alarming to me is how many people are an advocate for pedophiles without yeah. even really realizing what they're doing. Yeah. And everything you said, like great, great points. Um, I talked to some of my friends who aren't, I have a really good friend who isn't a Christian and we talk about, um, Pornhub and watching porn and things like that. And I've sent him a lot of fight the new drug resources. And um, he has stopped. I want to say he's like at day 80 or something like that. So very proud of him for that. If you're listening, love you, proud of you. Um, but one of the things that he did say that has really gotten to him is, like you said, the age, um, they don't verify the age. And it's a lot of it, you could be watching underage kids and that's pedophilia and he said like when he learned a little bit more about that that really was like okay I need to stop and I think that um like it's about legislating morality I think that there are some things that are just wrong and I know we live in a very relative society now um and this podcast is targeted toward Christians but there are people who aren't Christians that do listen to it and even though we live in a relative society there are objective truths like you said murder is objectively wrong. There's no mm-hmm. way to get around that. Rape is objectively wrong. And marketing off of exploitation, um, profiting, isn't marketing, profiting off of exploitation, participating in further exploitation, because that's what you're doing when you're watching it, you're participating in the exploitation. That mm-hmm. is objectively wrong. And there's no way getting around it. And I do think you're very right. We do have to start standing up and saying like, this is wrong. And those organizations are great. I've heard of a few of them and I will leave the descri- in the description, um, the links and like how to get involved with them and things like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I wanted to point out, somebody brought this to my attention yesterday. They were like, well, Landon, you know, you're not for, you know, cancel culture and all of that. You're doing the same thing. And it's not the same thing. No, um, <laughs> you know, promoting, you know, child uh, exploitation, rape and torture videos and women with plastic bags on their heads, suffocating them. This is not cancel culture. This is a, this is illegal. This is illegal and exploitive. Yeah. Um, so it's the same thing as would you go and shop at a store that was selling children? No, you wouldn't. Would you have a credit card of a company that sells children and uses their credit cards? No, we wouldn't. So we have to start thinking about that in terms of this. It's not that we don't like their ideological viewpoint. It's that they're committing a crime, an atrocious crime. 
Yeah. Um, and to piggyback off of what you said, um, oh, I lost, I lost my train of thought. Um, cancel culture. Cancel culture. Oh, um, I forgot. I guess it was no important. Yeah. Happens all um, <laughs> <laughs> I should have written it down. I've been writing stuff down this whole time and I didn't for that one second. But anyway, I guess no it works. wasn't important. Um, but yeah. Um, and then last question before we wrap up, if there are three advice um, and you can just recap everything you've said if you want to, but like three points you want to give to parents listening to protect their kids from sex trafficking, to protect their kids from um, in Hollywood, or just to help their kids um, just not become victims. If there's three things that you would tell them. Yeah. Number one, Hollywood is run by pedophiles and it's a pedophilic culture where people look the other way when abuse is happening. Um, And it's an exploitive industry. It is not a healthy place to raise a child, a healthy child with boundaries and a strong sense of identity beyond that external fake validation um, that is very confusing for a child. So um, if you want to protect your child, keep them out of Hollywood. Um, And also, you know, cleaning our home from the inside out. is it's, it's a tedious process. It's unavoidable. And um, even with certain apps that claim to be parental protection and, and um, like you could go on Safari or Google Chrome and put in the parental protection, they don't work and they're designed to not work. So we cannot rely on the same companies that have the two click algorithms away from high paying porn uh, incentivized ads um, and, and things like that to drive traffic to these places. We can't trust the same people that are part of um, the sexual exploitation and porn culture to be uh, the protectors of our children and, and the guides in that process. We have to, to lean on ourselves. Um, we have to do our own research. And for me, it got too tedious listening to all the experts and trying to find the different apps that do work and all that. It got to, to be too much. And I realized what am I doing here? Why is it so important for my kid to be on the internet and and perusing this world that they don't understand when they don't even know who they are? So I said, no Instagram, no, no YouTube, none of that stuff. Um, And anything that is allowed is stuff that is clean, that isn't, doesn't have a um, hypersexualized agenda or any leftism agenda in it, political indoctrination, none of that. It's just clean, appropriate child content. Um, and we have those conversations. I'm not, you know, we don't keep it G rated all the time. We have real conversations that are nuanced and we educate our children on the dangers and have those conversations rather than just a, you know, no, because I said no, um, you know, household, because that only, you know, when kids are then exposed via friends or school mm-hmm. or the world, they will not be equipped and, and to understand and have that education of why it's wrong what it leads to, um, how dangerous it is. So that's really been the best uh, path for us forward is cleaning from the inside out and really just allowing them instead to invest in their talents. Um, and my son actually loves making videos. So, you know, we, we allow him to do that um, because he, he loves, you know, doing these little videos with his cat. And Anyway, <laughs> so we, we allow him to do that and make funny videos and learn how to edit things and how to make cool effects, but we're not broadcasting it, you know, to the world. We're not trying to get him likes, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. So that's, that, that's really where, you know, we have to kind of see why are we doing this and what message are we sending, you know, at this young age? 
Yeah. And I just want to add this and I always preference this. I'm not a parent and I don't want to tell anybody how to parent because I don't know. Landon is a parent, so she can tell y'all. Um, but one thing I think is really important is watching like, um, don't doing the whole, like, here's my phone type thing. And I'm just to share a quick story. I had um, a friend that was dating this girl that had a kid and we were all hanging out one day. This was an undergrad and the kid had come over cute little girl, super sweet. And um, the mom just gave her her uh, iPad and said, here, just watch this and sit to the side. And like, just being the, I, I love kids. And like, I have like a motherly whatever to myself. And I'm just kind of like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't think you should have done that, but I'm not gonna tell you how to raise your kids. And mm-hmm. I just casually walked over like, oh, what are you looking at? And it was like the weirdest thing. She was giggling. It was like a lady dressed up as like Elsa and a guy dressed up as Batman. And I think I'm assuming it was for kids. I was just, it, but it looked weird to me as some now I, that could be what kids are into now. But my whole point in saying that is um, just piggybacking off of what Landon said, like just working on what's inside. It, it really probably is not best to just give your kids whatever, because I just, it, looked weird to me I thought it was strange I don't right. know and it, you know it's for kids but you don't know what the, if you're not watching yourself you don't know what they're doing it could right. could have been something super innocent and then all of a sudden they do one thing that's a little off absolutely all these people's intention mm-hmm. so just like she said like inside um like pay attention to what's going on inside your family. And then mm-hmm. if you don't have kids, I think it's also good information to um, to take in from what she said for your future kids, but also too for your nieces and nephews, for your friends mm-hmm. that have kids. So when, if I'm watching one of my friend's kids, I don't do the whole, here's the iPad thing. Like mm-hmm. I try to talk, like uh, we try to do things like one-on-one. I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of them are more like baby babies, but like right. I still wouldn't just give them like just an item and I think these are just things to know um going forward even if you don't have kids so last yeah uh last question um if someone wants to find you support you listen to your podcast listen to your music if they want to donate to any of your causes how do they do that well, you can go to my website at matriarchsongs.com and hopefully you can put that in the description. Yep. I know matriarch's kind of one of those weird s- spelling words, um, but that's um, has great information. Yeah, it, and um, it leads to the organizations I work with. Um, and so there's great resources, information there. Um, also, all of my music proceeds go to trafficking victims or these organizations oh. actively helping that. So um, I, I don't that. make money off of that. It, it all goes to them. Um, and then, uh, my husband and I, Robbie Starbuck, we do a podcast called grow up. You can go to growuplive.com. Um, we're on YouTube. We're um, on rumble now, since we're switching over there with all the YouTube censorship going on. Um, so you can find us there on uh, Instagram. I'm matriarch songs. Um, and you can find me on Twitter as well at iMatriarch on Twitter. All right. Thank you so much, um, Landon. I really, really appreciate you coming on. I honestly learned a lot. That's part of what I was taking notes for. Um, And I think that everyone listening had to learn something too. And you guys really follow her, stay connected. Let's support her. Let's support. um, And I think I said at the beginning too, but let's support people who have our values because this is what, that's more of what we need out there. That's more, we need more of people who are supporting and doing better things than those people who are honestly hurting culture. 
Um, as we say on the podcast, we are changing culture and bringing back traditional values. The only way to change culture is to be in the culture and doing things that are counterculture. Once mm-hmm. we get more people supporting this, once, you know, Landon is like at the top of the charts, more people are going to look at her like, oh, wait, what is this? And we can help each other. We help build and we can get back to um, a more morally based society. Anyway, that was my rant for the day. Um, Thank you guys all for listening. Please don't forget about this month's donation. Uh, There will be links in the description as well for that. Um, So yeah, everyone, thanks so much for listening. Bye. Thanks. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.